Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, Talk and Power podcast episode 116 and we find ourselves in the lovely abode of Jan Becker. Jan, thanks for having us along to the podcast. Thank you, Nick. Uh, it was a pleasure to be involved in um, the podcast and, of course, promoting our All Four Day, which is coming up on the 3rd of August this year. Yeah, look, I mean, that's why we're, that's why we're here, to talk about All Four Day and all things All Four Day. And uh, I'm also joined by Todd Brinkworth. Todd, thanks for coming along uh, this episode as well, a special episode. And, uh, yeah, no worries. I thought I'd come along and say hello, so, you know, have a chat about everything All Four Day. It is great to be here, and uh, look, I urge our listeners, if you're listening to us on 88.5 FM, maybe go back and watch the YouTube video as well. I mean, you get to where it just, we're taking in all the sights here of uh, Jan's uh, man cave, as you as you put it, and it's uh, uh, lovely, and I mean, I could I could spend hours up here just looking at some of the photos, XYs, a number of GT and the HOs. We'll talk about them shortly, but... Um, Jan, tell us a bit about yourself, your your love affair with the Blue Oval. How, how did that all get started? Um, okay, back back in um, the eight, early 80s, uh, my younger brother was right into GTs and I told him off. I thought he was wasting his money, time and money, and <laughs> gas guzzlers. Um, but after a, a long while, after repairing all his cars, I started to take an interest in the famous GT Falcons uh, at the time, I think he had an XT, XT GT. So um, from that I got interested and um, I bought an XR GT and joined the GT Falcon Club of WA and um, been in the, an active member in that club ever since. It's not just an active member but I must say you've, you've uh, been the president and the, the uh, club person of the year for numerous years so I mean it's not just a, uh, it's, it's quite a de- dedication to the the Falcon GT uh, car club of Western Australia as well yeah I mean it's um, one of the strongest still is the probably the strongest um, car club in WA I think and that has so many facets to it so I um, I took an active part I was happy to be president for a while but always uh, even after that stint, um, active in the social side and judging, we went on to do judging for the nationals and um, uh, along comes the All all Four Day, which was on every two years. Um, uh, Quite a few of us uh, formed formed a strong committee with the Mustang Owners Club and um, that was all part of the whole scenario of uh, of being involved with the famous Fords. Well, before we get stuck into all Ford Day, let, let's have a quick chat about your own your own collection of some of these some of these cars and some of the cars you've had over the years. You've actually had to make you've had to make a list here. Are those watching the video? He's going to the list. <laughs> there is a notebook here with numerous vehicles on there. So yeah, talk us through some of those cars. Okay, so just back to when my brother, when I was telling my brother often telling him he's wasting his money, there's me, I went out and bought an XR GT, which of course the two, the 289 X, XR GT was pretty famous, even though it only had the one colour, GT Gold, so that's when I joined the club and uh, 
I had a great amount of fun with that car, but soon discovered, well, there's probably time to get something else a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. So XWGT was uh, the next one uh, in a Grecian gold, which I really fancied. It was um, uh, another very fine car, well put together, I thought. And uh, we had that for a few years, even moved to Caratha with the GT Falcon, which I believe in our cyclone-proof carport. Uh, in those days, people didn't take too much notice. That was the mid-'80s. Yeah, it grew from there. We, we uh, did the stint in Caratha with this car and then sold that one and then I got another gold one and and then went on to get a green one. <laughs> I think it was a colour thing, they just sort of come along. But uh, the one then, I think I was starting to get more interested in restoration, restoring these lovely cars, which took quite a bit of skill and quite a bit of money. So when... Um, one of the club members, a friend, offered me a Phase 3 GTHO Monza Green, which is a well-known car, no longer in WA. Um, I set about restoring that car, uh, two years' work, and um, took it to many shows, took out a lot of trophies, and then finally the big one, um, taking, taking it to the Brisbane Nationals, uh, taking out... Uh, second, second prize, um, the Alan Moffat Trophy, which was probably the greatest achievement. And then, st stupidly, after, after that, I, I sold it. I thought, yeah, enough of this um, concourse, concourse GTs. It's a, it's all about show, 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 and not drive. Um, so I let it go at that stage, not knowing of the high value they are today. Mm. Tell us a bit about that car, because that's this car that you, you showed us here before on this brochure. And we'll, for those watching the YouTube channel as well, go, go and have a look at that, and you can see a picture of the car there. Magnificent example of an XY GDH show. Um, how long was that in the build then? That, that, it, that one was two, two years we, we took on it. And um, it was uh, there, at that stage there wasn't too many competitors uh, in WA, uh, there was a lot more in the eastern states. So, taking it to Brisbane, taking it to the show there, I thought, well, I think there was twenty, more than twenty phase threes uh, com competing at the Brisbane Nationals, and uh, I didn't think we stood much of a chance because uh, for the days preceding the the actual um, trophy uh, exam, you know the judging and everything that mm. it's so uh, it was so long drawn out and um, I was quite shocked when they announced that I'd got second uh, second prize for that car because um, they were fairly uh, they had to had to really meet pretty contingent you know very high standard and um, the little WA boy did did a good job after all I thought well, better than I thought <laughs> I, under, I think I underestimated but anyway do you think in Western Australia, sorry to cut you off there, but do you think in Western Australia we do have the skills and the talent to be building? We, we have produced a number of Phase 3s over the year and it seems to be per capita we probably produce or restore, sorry, probably some of the best in Australia. That, that's just my view on it anyway. Would, would I be correct in thinking Oh, definitely. Our, our club, I think after this time, um, I think early days there wasn't too many f people following the concourse thing, but... Um, 
after that Brisbane, or just during that Brisbane, there was a Nationals, it was uh, drawing a lot more attention and the, our club was inspiring more people to restore. They were starting to see the value in the cars, it was worth spending money and they were starting to get to that stage where they were worth more than $100,000, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, the ones that preceded that uh, were even higher quality and took out took out first. We've, uh, some of our members have, have got... Um, many trophies I'll say for the GTs um, because we have a couple of restore professional restorers here in WA that uh, and do judging as well so their experience mm. and knowledge has, uh, has has gained them that acumen that's yeah that speaks for itself yeah and tell us a bit then you mentioned the car club the the Falcon GT car club of Western Australia you've been actively involved in that club for for many years now in today's society tell us how important are car clubs in in 2021 okay that's a uh, probably an easy one I think the fact that the value of these classic cars have risen far more than anybody ever imagined and uh, I think the parts suppliers like um, yeah, some of the really well-known parts suppliers uh, Subaru and um, GT Performance all these other ones uh, rare spares I'm trying to think mm. GT reproduction parts that's uh, become a big industry with support so why wouldn't you uh, spend time and money on, on such a prestigious car and bring the value up and compete. So I think our club uh, started to stand out as uh, having high-quality cars, which I think in the early days was, well, they were, they were a bit average. We used them, used them and abused them. We had a lot of fun, but yeah. but now we were entering into an era where the, the cars had to be locked up and, and preserved. Mm. Yep. Yeah, no, no, certainly, I certainly agree, and I, I know that in yeah in twenty twenty one, you're hundred percent right. These cars need to be protected as best as possible. But I was more yeah curious to know like the importance of car clubs. We in my problem is I see an aging demographic in the car club scene. That's that's my issue, and I'd love to see some younger. The younger demographics start coming into these car clubs, but I guess that's probably, you know, something that you and I are certainly not going to be able to fix tonight. That's it. That's yeah. for sure. Absolutely, I, I agree. We we were all a bit concerned about whether they'd um, die out, where the young ones are really looking at turbos and more modern, faster cars, not ones that shake, rattle, and roll. Mm. And uh, I think our membership went down a little bit, but. Um, I have to say, uh, some recent events have uh, supported our membership again. The Department of Transport have now got a new classification, 4C4, that a lot of people are aware of. Mm. That inspires people with cars, any car pre-1990, to um, get this special concession, a concession where they can... Um, use this car have a reduction in their license fee which is yep. attractive and the the most important thing is they have to join a nominated uh, car club which mm -hmm. is part of the association and be in that car club for at least six months so i think we're starting to get uh, more people now and some younger ones um, 
which we wanted to see get get actively involved. So we're hoping that's going to uh, carry on a bit longer than we thought. I certainly think so. I do agree with you there. I think that's going to inhibit some some new blood into these car clubs. That's for sure. Well, I must say, yeah, definitely. Probably speaking as a slightly younger generation in the room. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but you know the truth. It it's good. A lot of my mates now are actively wanting to get into seeing stuff like that. And um, I know a lot of my mates that can afford some classic cars like these and would rather own a classic GT or a, I hate to say, F one fifty or something, but and love to show them off. They're not out there wrecking them. They're actually doing the work to them. So it's good to see. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, Todd, I think it's time we take a short break here for uh, on 88.5 FM and on the podcast. Um, we'll be back with more with Jan Becker right after this. All right, episode 116 of the Talking Power podcast, and we are joined with Jan Becker. We're at his lovely abode here. So thanks for having us, Jan. If you're listening to us on 88.5 FM, this is a bit of a preview to the All Ford Day. I'm also joined by Todd Brinkworth, our co-host. So thanks for coming along uh, to this episode. Todd, it's great to have you along as well. I had to call in for Simon. You know, I'm going to shout out to Simon, who's our other resident Ford person and was unavailable so you know he was on he's on uh children duty tonight yes so elbows deep in looking up and we know he'll listen so yeah hello simon we're doing the best we can for you and talking all things forward so don't worry we're holding the fort down we're holding the fort down there you go (laughs) good play on words todd Hey, Jan, let's talk about All Ford Day now. All Ford Day is, it's a combination of two car clubs coming together. It's the, the Falcon GT Car Club and the Mustang Owners Car Club of, of Western Australia coming together and, and putting, on, putting on All Ford Day. Um, this, this show started, I didn't realise, but started back in 1984, so it goes back a, a, a fair way. Um, Tell us a bit about how these two car clubs came together back in 1984 to, to, to kick off the inaugural All Four Day, which was at Subiaco Oval, which is no. a... That's, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and it first started, obviously, without me. Some of the original members came together and thought the, uh, to put on a good car show, you need, um, you need some strong supporters, and uh, for one small clubs like the GT Club at the, at the start, whether they were the first to inspire, but uh, having a close relationship with the Mustang Car Club, they uh, soon got together. And um, I joined them not long after that, uh, as they were looking for people to support this big all four day. I could see a great future in these all four day shows, which were uh, so beneficial to members and families and everybody to um, who had who wanted to enjoy seeing and and um, may actually get involved in the clubs as well. So uh, that I think Leaderville, Leaderville was the next one where we displayed our cars, and I yeah. um, I uh, joined them then. I think I had a. GT Falcon at the Leaderville Club, if memory serves me correct. So uh, the, there was a strong bond between them, between the two clubs, and we shared responsibilities equally. 
took on all the tasks and uh, to this day, I have to say, um, even more importantly, right right now with this 2021 and with even with the COVID thing, we, uh, we have a very strong committee of uh, five Mustang and five GT, always equal, taking on the responsibilities and the sponsors, sponsors that we have, they've all been um, already supportive and we've already got um, quite a high number of entrants. I'm not sure the exact number, but they're rolling in every day. So we're hoping, fingers crossed, the uh, 3rd of October is, is going to be the probably the best and biggest one. I wanted to say something here. Stability and uh, is your key is one of the key things. I know I, ever since I've been going to all four day. You, you know, it's every second year. You know, it's in October. And with respect, you know, it's pretty much going to be a Bassendine Oval. Or for, for those that are listening at home, it's called uh, Still Blue Oval now. But for those Waffle supporters, I used to go a lot on the Waffle back in the 80s, like me, we used to call it Bassendine Oval back in the day. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's, that's, my point is that it's a, a stable, it's, it's, it's every second year, and then in the alternate year you have the cruise as well. Tell us a bit about like, how hard that is to do that in these days, to just keep producing a show of this level regularly every two years? Um, yeah, well, again, because we've had such strong members uh, with a lot of knowledge, and the same, I might add, there's still oldies like me from, from way back, uh, I think we've established uh, a basically a portfolio or a, or, or a procedure of how so every time we come together, we start in about June, June of each year, and everything's already laid out. You, who to contact? What's going to happen? Have you checked that? Everybody's got their tasks to carry out, and uh, amazingly, it, it comes together. And dealing with uh, Bassendine uh, Shire and everybody, they're all fairly supportive. And um, I might add, it's getting harder to find a venue as good uh, locally um, located and uh, Bassendine Oval has uh, been around a long time people love it uh, whereas um, we haven't had such great success with other ovals who prefer not to have cars <laughs> roaring across their green grass especially before the football season Look, I think that's that's a discussion for another day that I'm actually really strong about. But anyway, I won't I won't get into that. I won't get into that uh, here to, uh, to, uh, on this podcast. Um, just getting back to Bassendine Oval. I mean, that's you know, when I was a little kid, Bassendine used to be like a remote suburb, but now Bassendine's really and it's almost an inner suburb of of Perth. Now it's really close, and it is. When you say like convenient, it's close. There's plenty of parking around the the outside. Getting in, getting out is really easy, and it's a lovely oval with with plenty of shade for those that want to go in the stands and just get some shade. Because generally speaking, it can be quite warm in October. Not always, but it can be. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely venue. So hats off to the people at the Shire of or the city of Bassendine, and and for those that make that happen. Because I think that's in twenty twenty one when you can secure a footy oval to put on a car show. I think that's a feat in, in itself, really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We've uh, tried some different ovals before and uh, they didn't quite work out and uh, I think we lost a bit of uh, supporters um, 
So as soon as you mention Bassendine, they all come flying back. It's uh, yeah. great. I hope it continues. Mm. Yeah, no, certainly. Give us a rough idea, Jan, of, of the size of the show itself, like in terms of entrance, uh, exhibitors, just just some, some numbers there if you, if you have them. We generally get 500 entrants, actual car entrants. Yeah, I was just but curious. The, I know the numbers are quite quite high, aren't quite they? Quite high, yeah, and the patronage, uh, we used to say 10, 10 12,000 people. I'm not sure if the numbers, it's always... We, they get the tickets, but we never seem to have the correlation of the tickets. But um, the, the crowds just pour in, and uh, with uh, especially the families, we used to offer a lot of uh, other activities, even for the children who may not necessarily be interested in the cars. But we try and make it a good, fun family day. Mm. And yep. we're uh, the other thing, if I can add, is uh, we're constantly trying to add a little bit. A um, little bit different uh, show things to see, as in, um, apart from genuine concourse cars, of course, and, and our club cars and everything, uh, some of the high performance, anything from drag cars to, um, we've had rods, mm. uh, hot rods, muscle, uh, and, and particularly now with the, like the super supercar, the V8s. Yep, uh, and we've got um, Warrior Racing, Warrior of course, racing, this yeah. year. Yep. So we've tried to pull in people that uh, people, other fans will would love to see them display and be able to talk to them and actually view the cars that are involved. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I remember one year he had even uh, Brendan McSweeney's EB Falcon. Now I can't remember the name Jeff. I can't remember the guy who owns it now. He was actually. A few down from me as well, but that was really cool having that car there. That uh, Brendan McSweeney's EB Falcon actually held the record for for a number of years, and uh, it was pretty cool having that there. So yeah, it's, it's nice having a, a mix of different vehicles there, and and uh, we'll talk about the mix of vehicles a bit later on as well. I must say, you've had some reasonable accolades over the years in terms of of some of the the awards and the recognition that all four days received but one of the ones and i honestly didn't know this until i did my research and and uh, paul lloyd who couldn't make it tonight he pointed this out to me actually as well uh, all ford all four day back in 2000 we've um with ford celebrating its 75th year here in australia they actually funded the all four day to be bigger and better mm. this year and and promote um, Ford's 75th anniversary. I remember that show down in Rockingham. It was a magnificent day. Tell us a bit about that. Yes, uh, it was uh, probably one of my big favourites because um, our the big we we Ford told us to just go out and really promote it. So we thought, well, the best way to promote it is to get a real high-powered dignitary. So we got Alan Moffat. Alan Moffat flew over. Um, Flew over to WA and um, at the time I'd had uh, the Phase 3 uh, finished and um, being shown. So I had the privilege of picking him up at the airport and taking him to his hotel and then to the show the next day. So that was quite a privilege and we um, that drew big crowds. He, of course, uh, Alan has always uh, got involved with signing, signing all the, uh, the glove box lids and posters um he was kept pretty busy during the day and he helped us with some of the judging 
So uh, it, it was a great day. I think uh, Ford did, did well. And, of course, it was right over the road from uh, Challenger, Challenger Ford. Ford. Yeah, uh, yeah. You weren't tempted to squeeze the old HO when you were taken into the airport. I'd be tempted to, eh? Yeah, like, yeah I, th- got th- I, think, <laughs> I think he was tired from the plane trip. So I didn't want to scare him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's gold. When you said that, you, to- you told us that story before and I thought, oh, that's, ma- that's magnificent. You mm. know, imagine that, having Alan Moffat, picking up Alan Moffat in an original concourse-level HO that, that you built yourself. Yes. And, and took him to the airport. I mean, not many people can say that. So yeah, I think that's, exactly. that's, that's an amazing. <laughs> that is an amazing uh, thing to, to an accolade, I guess, to to have on and, on the resume. And and I might just add there. So I thought, oh well, that's probably the last time I'll ever see Alan Moffat. But that same phase three, which I took to the Brisbane Brisbane Nationals, uh, when was it? Two thousand and two thousand seven, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I got... Uh, no, 2001. 2001, yep. thank you. So I had a uh, surprised trophy of uh, second place of, of the GT, GTHO Phase 3. Uh, I think there was about 20 entrants and I got second, which I was absolutely wrapped, didn't expect that. And it was the Alan Moffat Trophy. And there it was so supposedly his... Sponsored trophy. I thought, wow, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about history repeating itself. That's 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 a great story. Hey, on that note, we'll take a short break here, and we'll be back with Jan Becker talking all things all Ford Day right after the break. Okay, Talk and Power podcast, episode 116, and uh, we're here with Jan Becker. Jan, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Well, we're here at your house, actually. We're, we're joining you, I must say, and uh, lovely abode. Your man cave up here is magnificent, I must say. Jan, <laughs> hey, look, just tell us a bit. What are, We've been talking all things all Ford Day. Explain some of the benefits uh, Ford-related car clubs can gain from, from, being, part of the, from being part of the show. So it's it's probably the one time that uh, the clubs can really get their members out on the um, on the oval, uh, bring out their paraphernalia, uh, be available with their like I said under their marquees, and they're they're available to talk to the general public for those that are kind of interested and might be joining a club or thinking about it. That's that's the time and the place to come. So they have the that advantage of uh, displaying and possibly getting new members for their club. So, uh, yeah, that's why they enjoy it, and I think that's why they keep coming back. Mm. They love it. Yeah. Well, just explain, I mean, <coughs> from your point of view, how important is the preservation of the Ford motor vehicle and, more importantly, Ford Australia in, in, in keeping... The Australian-built Fords, not necessarily just all of the Australian-built Fords, but those that were imported to Australia as well. How important is the preservation of those vehicles in today's society? I think it's uh, become more important now. Is um, the classic? We all agree they were built. Uh, they not completely handmade, but I think there was uh, part of Australian history. The, the factory at Broadmeadows. Uh, Ford uh, had so many workshops and agencies around Australia 
were very prominent and active with the motor racing as well. So I think that's uh, the Bathurst, of course, the Bathurst era, uh, still going strong. So I think the whole combination of those events and everything, I think, will have and always will keep it uh, keep it in people's mind. And uh, so, having preserved our cars, it's it's amazing. We'll the all four day, we'll still get a crowd of ten to twelve thousand people wanting to see their Fords again. So we must be doing something right. And um, there's new ways of presenting cars as well, uh, bigger and better. So things things can only improve, I think, in the mm. future. Yeah. One of the questions I actually haven't put on here, but I'll ask, it's a question without notice, I guess. Do you think since the closure of both, um, not, not the closure of producing Fords here in Australia and also the, the complete co closure of Holden in Australia, do you think that's brought, you know, 20 years ago, you were either Ford or you were Holden, but do you think it's brought us together these days? Like, do you think you're getting a lot more Holden, people that would have gone to the GM owner's day? Do you think you're, you're dragging in those, those sort of people as well now? Uh, I have spoken. A few people have said they've gone to both shows. I, I certainly haven't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think some people are between the two. And I think it's if you've got a love of a certain model, make and model, and more so now, I think... Uh, unfortunately, with the COVID thing, uh, restoration and buying old cars and wrecks, I might add, mm. has seems to have become more more prominent now um, because they just, I think they've realised they're not in the wreckers. The wreckers don't have old classic bombs anymore, no, and no. Uh, even a something like a Falcon 500 is still worth its weight in gold. So mm. it uh, proves that point. But um, I'm not sure if GM. Uh, they're, they're probably pursuing it the same way, but uh, I, I guess then also in relation to the modern modern cars, both Ford and GM, uh, which don't always take as much, not I'd have to say not quite as popular because we all know they're just totally different. They're they're high powered and modern, mm. and um, but people enjoy them just the same. But uh, yeah. they, they, it all stems from our classics. Mm. Yeah, that no, certainly does. Sorry, you'll have to excuse me. I've got to read from the the list now because it's quite extensive. Um, the event is not just a car show, is it? It's it, yarn. It's the the all four day raises much needed funds for many charities. And over the years, I'm just going to go through a list of charities. All four days raise money for. So uh, Aussie Invader, Five R, Land Speed Record Holder, and Episode, can you remember what episode Roscoe McGlashan came on, Todd? I can't, but I'm going to say shout out to Roscoe because, again, I know he does listen and, and watch every now and then. So, And yeah, he'll right. probably be at the All Four Day, I'm guessing, maybe. I, I, th uh, I think he will be. Yeah. The, yep. last, the last few. Yeah, so there you go. Yep. Anyway, so, yeah, Aussie Invader 5R, land speed record holder. Well, not uh, not yet, but we're hoping he gets there. Uh, Association for the Blind of WA. Sorry. Can, can, I, can I mention something there, which is you'll find interesting, I hope. So, Association for the Blind, you think our committee uh, has always, with charity, uh, we've tried to, rather than give somebody a fat check, we've tried to say how can we... Um, get some feedback or some recognition and what do you really need? So the blind 
WA was approached by one of our committee members and came back and said, we can sponsor a dog. And uh, it was a sizeable amount. And so we did. And a few of us, including myself, had the privilege of going down to the Blind Association in, uh, where is that, in Burswood, and seeing the dog. Now, you get naming rights. So we kicked the names around the committee, what should we nominate and call this dog, forever hold his peace. Um, and we came up with the one and only Ford. We couldn't call him Mustang, we couldn't call him GT. So we're going to call him Ford. Oh, how so there's that? a there's a dog running around out there by the name of Ford. So we got to view the dog and his activities, how he's been trained. It was quite exciting. So the association follows up with reports how he's doing. Um, he was one of four four uh, puppies that they got from New Zealand, I think. So he had two sisters and brother. It was quite. Quite a good story. So they uh, they really promote it very well. You're not just mm. throwing money at uh, dogs. It's a very personal thing. So they're constantly updating us and telling us. And on the day uh, they they come they came to the show with the dog and um, just displayed and showed him off. So and he had a special blanket made, which was inscribed Ford with the Ford badge, so um, it was quite a turn on for a lot of us anyway, we felt it was money well spent. It is, it certainly is, <laughs> I, I like the sound of that. No, that's brilliant, I was about to say, I've actually worked with a person that trained guide dogs, so it's actually good to hear it from your side of the story as well, like it, it's really good, so. And it is a sizeable investment, yeah. training a, a dog, yeah. that's, that's huge, a huge investment. Yeah. Uh, I noticed also camp quality on here. Duncraig Senior High School Bush Rangers, WA Cadets, uh, Heart Kids WA, uh, Manor Incorporated. Manor, I can just jump in there. Yeah, <laughs> another course. great, uh, great thing. We thought Manor. They um, they're a big organisation that feed the homeless, uh, cook food, and they're very well organised. They have vehicles. They have vehicles that pick up from the markets, bring it back to these big kitchens that is sponsored. And uh, we thought, now what could you use? We want to help sponsor. And they said, we could, we could, we really need a new van of some sort, preferably a Ford Transit van. So we went to our good friends, McEnany Ford, our major sponsor, and they gave us, I believe the story goes, the, there was only one, one only still available. Uh, that would fit their requirements for transit van, which they uh, gave us at a really cut price. And uh, we presented that to Manor <coughs> with, of course, the All Four Day logo donated by the All Four Day. So we felt, again, that was money well spent. Mm, yeah, certainly. That, that is magnificent. Uh, another one here, Noah's Ark, Princess Margaret Hospital, Royal Flying Doctor Service, St John's Volunteer First Aid Services, Sids and Kids WA, Smith Family Trust. I think this through, Todd. I printed on two pieces of paper. I have to flip it over. I oh, know. <laughs> uh, Special Air Services uh, Resource Trust, Variety Club of WA, and of course the Volunteer Firefighters as well. Mm. So they are some magnificent uh, organisations. 
But the one I really want to talk about is this year. You mentioned it before, Warrior Racing, and I'm I'm really excited to hear the work that you're doing with with Warrior Racing. So all four day this year supporting Warrior Racing. Tell us a bit about Warrior Racing and and, and exactly what they do. Uh, I know they're headed up well. Their driver Grant Johnson, great WA boy as well. But tell us a bit about Warrior Racing. They have two uh, race cars um, which are going to be displayed on the day present and they're getting a, um, a display stand but um, they're, they're a charitable, very strong charitable organisation that um, support Australian Defence Force serving members and veterans and their families. Mental health issues are a key focus area. Mm. It's really important today, isn't it? I think, you know, uh, mental health and, and the, the work that the Australian Defence Force or the retired service men and women that come back from the Australian Defence Force, um, their support is ongoing. The stuff that they are required to do uh, during the uh, line of duty and then when they come back and, and retired, I think the support that Warrior Racing and All Four Day are giving these these organisations uh, is magnificent. We're really looking forward to meeting with the guys from Warrior Racing as well on the day. I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll have them in for a chat, chat as well during the day and, and have them on the podcast too because um, they're running an improved production car as well. I think that'll, that, that'll be there on the day. It looks quite like a smart mm. FG... Falcon, that one. Yeah, a very strong organisation, and the guy um, has come to our meetings and addressed addressed us. Uh, he's going to promote us as well as we will them, and we'll try and help them out after the event in every way we can. Um, Paul Lloyd had uh, personal contact with these people from the beginning, so that was a great. Uh, these are the sort of things that we we look for that um, are worthy of our attention and and. Uh, and charity mm. towards them. Yeah, most certainly, most certainly. I will take a short break there. Just uh, we'll be back with more uh, episode one hundred and sixteen with Jan Becker from All Four Day right after this. Okay, episode one hundred and sixteen of the Talk and Power podcast, and we're joined. I'm here with Todd Brinkworth, and we're at Jan Becker's place here, enjoying the his man cave. And I must say, it's a lovely, lovely abode you have here. Now, the show. Let's get him back into all four day. Yarn. The show itself over the years, I've been to nearly all of them since I was since I was able to transport myself because my mum and dad weren't really into cars unfortunately so I had to once I got my license and I was able to go but tell us over the years there's been everything from Mark 1 Escorts to GT40s can you give us a rough idea of some of the rarest Fords that have been on display at all four day over the year over yeah the of course the most the most famous has always been the GT40 mm-hmm. uh, to the Mark 1 X Escorts we, we uh, even at recent other shows we've seen these uh Tremendous amount of rework and uh, racing type escorts, which are still the favourite. But the GT40, uh, we're trying to track it down at the moment. We hope uh, he's going to enter this in our current all four day. But um, it's certainly something to see. 
Yeah. I remember that, GT. That was a beautiful car. That was back in 06. Was it? Did you do it in... Must oh. have been 07 then when you had it. Would be yeah. It had to be... It has to be in an odd number. So yeah. 07 or 05 perhaps as well. I can't remember, but I remember saying it there. I've got a photo of it actually. And if you're watching the YouTube channel, I'll show you that photo. I'll put that up actually. Yeah. That GT40 is a magnificent car. And, and of course, I'm sure you're aware of the, 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 what GT40 means. The 40, 40 inch high. Mm, yeah. Which, <laughs> which is the prominent feature of the model. <laughs> they, they certainly are. <laughs> Hey, Jan, tell us, I mean, we, we talk about um, the, the charities that you guys support, but tell, talk us through some of the, the companies that support All Ford Day as well. And it, I mean, I know McInerney is a long... When you say All Ford Day, McInerney Ford comes straight into my mind. I, I, it's just, I know the two, the two go hand, hand in hand. And how, how important has their support been over the years? Oh, absolutely. We've always... Uh from the beginning, I think we tried to um, stick to one Ford dealership. Um, rather, you can't have all the Ford dealers on the Oval, and now they've, they've minimised as well. But uh, Mac and Innies have been there from, from day one, as far as I know. And uh, they um, sponsor us in a big way. And, of course, they always provide... They put up a big marquee and... Um, they have the opportunity to present their newest model Fords, which is a big advantage to them. And I know every time they've come back to us uh, with the words of they didn't actually come to the All Four Day to sell, but strangely enough, they signed up a number of people yeah. for uh, for the Fords that were on display. They yeah. just—it's a perfect place to to buy a Ford. It is actually, but that that makes a lot of sense to me, to be honest. Mm. It's, it's uh, it goes hand in hand, yeah. Also, I mean, I know a lot of people like to walk around and look at the cars as well uh, for for all four day. But tell us how important, like people like the vendors. I know that some of the vendors there. We got Subaru Falcon spares. I think it's Tony that T runs Tony, Tony Devlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's great a, guy, Tony. He's been with us from the beginning, and uh, yeah, another very strong supporter. We have a very close association. Yeah, with Tony, and he's he loves it every time. He brings his people, and he brings his truckload of spares he does mm. does very well too i think people get the chance rather than go all the way up to armadale <laughs> it is a bit, it they is can a come bit. to bassendine <laughs> and actually get bits off him <laughs> it is uh oh yeah, I mean, yeah tony's a great supporter american west um and shannon's insurance as well so i know i know a lot of people will take the time to also have a look at some of the vendors there and, and there's there's some great companies to support there aren't they aren't there yeah they're, they're, the regulars have stuck with us every time and we appreciate that and we give them value for money as well with uh, now with the media with facebook with um like like yourself uh, radio stations and uh, wherever we can we have a dedicated person in our club that uh responsible for facebook giving all the highlights and the updates because i think that's where people go to get information and come to the show um even though the posters and things handouts are Still available for the oldies, like mm -hmm. myself. <laughs> yep. I, I like posters and handouts. I, mm. I, I mean, I, I still, I love, you know, I love having something you something can walk away from the show, like paper, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something printed, something printed. Yeah, look, way back in 1984, I mean, the, the philosophy of all four day has always been 
open to all Ford vehicles, powered by Ford, with a Ford driveline. Uh, that hasn't changed. That's That's been the staple of the show. Moving forward in the next 10 years, with a, this change in demographic that we're, we're experiencing, what, what do you think will be the new the new look of the show moving moving forward in the next 10 to 20 years? I'd like to say it would, would last uh, the 10, especially when it's only every two years. Um, but I, I, I realise we um, probably have to just keep coming up with some new, new ideas and move with the times. Mm. Um, maybe it's amalgamating with uh, other venues and other things. Uh, there's a lot of things available to us, I think, to promote it in a different way, um, but not to and, and not to let down the huge amount of classic car owners out there that uh, enjoy this uh, enjoy this event to actually bring out. And I might add the. Uh, we always get a lot of uh, the early models, like the, the Model T Fords, mm. and the, the early ones. You get quite a number of those, and uh, gee, they're getting <laughs> getting pretty old now. But they, gee, they come out, they come out to the show in amongst all our, our later later ones, and um, just as popular. Yeah, yeah. I have noticed, but over the years, like especially, I went uh, obviously not for the cruise last year, but for the all four day two years ago. I noticed we've seen more more late model Mustangs, and you know, I mean, given that the show is run in partnership with the Mustang uh, Owners Car Club of Western Australia as well, that that makes perfectly good sense to to someone like me. And we're seeing an influx of those vehicles as well. So I guess that the trend will be towards later model stuff. Dare I say, even Rangers as well. I think we're seeing a, a new trend towards the Ranger motor vehicle not really my cup of tea that's okay doesn't need to be but it, yeah it, it we may see it you know a, a bit of a ranger uh, even a ranger car club startup i maybe I, I, I wouldn't be surprised you, you actually probably put the nail on the head i might mention the next meeting but uh they haven't i can't recall but i, I noticed you only got to look on the road the amount of accessories and the amount of weird and wonderful options and accessories available with the Ford Ranger, it would make a great display. Mm, yeah, yeah, most certainly, most certainly. Hey, Arne, look, just to finish up, we'll, we'll run over the details of the show again. So, October 3, 2021, Steel Blue Oval, or better known as Bassendine Oval. Um, tickets, adults, $10. Adults, $10, yep. Children, $5. $5. That's under 15 uh, and a family pass, twenty dollars. You cannot beat that. You cannot beat that. To, to for, for a spectator to go along, twenty dollars. It's a full day of entertainment. It run that. So the adult, the family pass is two adults, two children for twenty dollars there. And the opening hours are from nine thirty to two thirty. Uh, entrance must be there in before nine a.m. Is that correct? Yes, yep. that's correct. And uh, yeah, we look forward to more entrance going online, preferably online. We've sort of tried to do away with the manual paper entry form we get a few in the post which is with a check but it, but it would would be um, preferred to, to go online and do it. it's very simple um, especially with the apps and the websites now and uh, get in as soon as you can so we can get the numbers up there's I might just say we need the numbers 
all the all four days, even though we have a plan, a constructed plan of the oval and the, where everything sits and sponsors, everybody knows on the day, on the Saturday already, where they'll be, the clubs, each club is marked out. Um, so it's all pretty well set. But if we don't get the numbers early enough, we find a bit of confusion with, um, it's been marked out for 20 cars for one club and um, they either only bought half of them or they bought double. So then the whole thing is, has a big gap. So I've just noticed over the years, there's always a couple of, um, couple of groups that uh, we don't seem to get the numbers right. So the earlier you get in and it's in concrete, that's going to save everybody a lot of trouble and guarantees you guys a quick entry onto the oval in place, uh, set down by 9am by uh, without driving around looking for your spot. Mm. I know we're, we're going to be there as well and I cannot wait for it. We are organising a few vehicles and I've got some special ones lined up so I'm just finalising the, the talk and power mix of, of some beautiful Fords, I must say. Well, they, uh, news to me. <laughs> there you go. Look yeah, at this. No, no, I've got, I've got uh, yeah, we've got some, some really special cars lined up as well, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so people can find further information at www.afdasn.com sorry, afd.asn.au or on the Facebook page, it's Facebook All Ford Day. You've got a good one there. And, you know, head out, head over to warriorracing.com.au as well and see the work that they're doing over there. That's a magnificent website. I've got a lot of information from their yeah. website as well and they're doing a magnificent job, uh, yeah. the, the team at Warrior Racing. Yeah. And, and please don't be confused with the, there's an AFD simply called AFD and it's the Eastern States so a few of our entrants have gone that way without looking at the oh, exact okay. address so yeah so it's afd.asn.au yep a ASN stands for association so I believe I'm pretty sure that does yeah Sorry, Todd, you wanted to say No, I'll take your word for it, Nick. I'll just like take your word for it. Okay. Sorry, right. yeah, well, no. Sounds good. You're the expert. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Jan, it's been a pleasure, uh, I must say, to come here tonight and, and to, to do this podcast with you. It's, it's a pleasure. I know you've been instrumental in the Falcon GT Car Club of Western Australia and many all Ford days. And from one Ford guy to another, thank you very much for having me along tonight. I know Simon really wanted to be here as well. He's a Ford guy, but yeah, he's just... Um, Unfortunately, um, yeah, tied up with the children tonight, so he wasn't able to make it. Oh, but but <laughs> we, we, I, I really appreciate you having us along here tonight and uh, looking around at your man cave and all this, this memorabilia here is, is magnificent, I must say. So we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, uh, once again, thanks. Th and thanks also to the, the entire committee as well. So the yes. Paul Lloyd, uh, yourself. Uh, and uh, Paul White as well. Um, yeah, so we really appreciate it. And thanks for having us along for All Ford Day. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, we are looking forward to it. So, yeah, yeah be good, good to be there and uh, good to see some of the listeners there as well. Yeah, definitely. And thanks, guys. I appreciate you coming and um, <laughs> put, putting me through this. <laughs> but I, but I have to say, I've enjoyed it. So. Oh, that's good. No, nah, that's good. It's good to have a chat and a yarn and get all the yep. get all the bits and pieces out there. Get the story out there. So, so. Out there yeah, yeah. No, certainly. I'm sure they will.
Okay, Yard, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.